Rancho Radio. 92.9. We are brought to you this morning by Pam Harris's Pea Quail Realty in Rio Rancho, and it is time to find out what is going on in the city of Vision with our mayor, Greg Hull. Good morning, Mayor. Good morning, Derek. And, and a happy it is, Sunday is fun day to you. It, happy Sunday is fun day to you, too. It's going to be a beautiful day out there. and uh, 90 degrees and not much chance of rain. That's what I'm hearing, But so so bring those swimsuits this morning, but we'll talk more about that here in a little while, but... Bring those swimsuits to cool off at uh, Haynes Pool because it will be open today and we'll be out there in the heat of the summer. And I don't know, maybe I'll even bring my swimsuit and cool off after the kickball tournament. Yeah, I was going to say you, you know. may need to, yeah. By the way, I always wondered, who was Haynes? Well, it was Miss Haynes in the park. Where she was one of the original people here in Rio Rancho. And uh, as a matter of fact, her son still lives here, and the park is named after their family. Okay. So one of the kind of the original individuals that got there, and, and we named the park after him. Okay. I figured it must be named after somebody. I just didn't know who. Yes, absolutely. Before we talk about what's going to happen, let's talk about what has already happened. You had a ribbon cutting last week. Yeah, as a matter of fact, we did. We had a ribbon cutting for a company called Enchanted Creations Fabrics and More. Enchanted Creations uh, Fabric and More has actually been around for a little while. There's a really sweet lady. Her name is Hertha that has owned that company for many, many years. But at this point, she decided she was going to sell that company. And so they moved locations from where she was. She ran a home office for years. It's mm-hmm. actually really one of those great entrepreneur stories. And I'd actually go by and visit her house because she had a business license. And, you know, I like to go out and visit businesses. So sure. first time I found her, she was, uh, I said, well, this, uh, oh, this is a home business. And so she would she would operate right there and sell fabrics and yarn and stuff like that and all the different things that go along with sewing. Well, she sold this to a new individual. Her name is Jennifer, and Jennifer is now the owner of Enchanted Creations Fabric and More. Now they're at a really beautiful, great little location right there on Sarah Boulevard, just north of uh, 528 on the north side there, and they are located at 1594 Sarah Road Southeast, Sweet J. If people know where the Rear Ranch Observer used to be located there, St. Thomas Aquinas is there. But we did a ribbon cutting for them, and I did that Facebook Live on my Facebook page. That was really great to celebrate the opening of that brand new business. Yeah. Good. All right. And then... I know a lot of businesses are looking to move to Rio Rancho. You've talked about there's some good things coming our way. Is there anything coming our way that you can tell us about yet? Well, we've got the one poke restaurant, which I think we talked about that maybe a little bit. That's where the old 1933 Brewing Company used to be right there. And that's going to be the new poke restaurant right there. So that's coming up. And then, of course, as you know, we also have the Stripes burritos and biscuits that are coming up as well that's a brand new building that went up yes absolutely so that is a brand new building that's going up right there and once again we've teased the build there's another building that's going up that's right there by the new giant station Mm -hmm. and i haven't been authorized to officially announce that just yet and we always try to be respectful of the business owner so that they can control the announcement for optimal exposure. I know we're excited about it, and I know there's a whisper campaign that's going on (laughs) out there of what is it, what is it, what is it, what is it, what is it. Well, 
we always want to be, like I said, respectful because these are folks that are investing a lot of money building something in our community. And they want to come in. They want to be a partner. They want to be a part of the community. So we like to let them let us know when they want us to start making a big deal out of it. And then once that happens, we can kind of turn loose the uh, torrent of comments on Facebook and so on and so forth. But the fact of the matter is, is that for the longest time we held off on announcing Dunkin' Donuts because we knew it would be a very exciting thing for a lot of people because a lot of people wanted that. That being said, you want that excitement as close to the opening of the business as possible, right? Sure. So you want that momentum. You want that positivity. You want people talking about it. And you want it first front of mind going, oh, hey, that's that new place. We're going to go over there and we're going to enjoy that. We're going to do that. So that being said, we want to control that. But uh, hopefully in the next week or two, we will be able to announce what's going on there. And then we'll uh, continue to monitor some of the other businesses that we hear are circling the waters, if you will. Mm, And hopefully we'll be able to start announcing some of those as well. So a lot of really cool stuff going on. But uh, very exciting times in Rio Rancho as we see a lot of businesses. And look, I I will say this, Derek. I think one of the things that we can really bank on right now is that with the impending Intel investment in the community, we're going to see a lot of businesses pop up all over the community, and it's going to be very exciting. So We're going to need more retail space. We are really going to see a lot more retail space. That is a fact, no doubt about it. So if you're a a builder, a construction company, you may want to look at getting some land and putting up some strip malls or maybe light industrial or yeah. something. Yeah. Even business buildings, even uh, yeah. like uh, back office like professional buildings. Like over here on what Peggy is. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I've told our listeners before that this is not a scripted program. We don't read what we're talking about, but we do make talking points so we know the topics we want to talk about. Correct. But I'm going to surprise you on this one because this isn't on the list. Talk to me about scuba diving. Oh, my goodness. Scuba diving. Yes. That was a lot of fun. So last weekend, I was invited to come and welcome Cody Unser and the First Step Foundation to the City of Rio Rancho because they wanted to do a scuba diving event right here in the City of Rio Rancho, and they wanted to use the Aquatic Center. And so Cody Unser, if you don't know her story... She was paralyzed by some medical thing, and I can't say the word. It's a very complicated word, but she ended up uh, becoming paralyzed at 12 years old. And so she has fought and fought and fought her whole life to find a solution to this paralysis to try to walk again. But one of the things that she did learn through all of this is that she felt very liberated and very free when she learned how to scuba dive. So she teaches individuals with disabilities and mobility issues she teaches them how to scuba dive and they find this newfound freedom so it's a really cool organization and we love cody we appreciate all that she does and i mean she just really uses her life to bring awareness to the challenges that people with disabilities face on a day-to-day basis when you look at the things around you She refers to all of this as just a major concrete jungle when she's in the city, right? Mm -hmm. So bringing awareness to the challenges that she has from a wheelchair perspective, the things that you and I take for granted each and every day as we're walking down the street, as we step up a curb, we hardly think about one thing or another. But for Cody, everything is a challenge and a solution when it comes to being in a wheelchair 
And what she does is she faces those challenges head on. But part of facing those challenges is making sure that we as a community are designing and building our community to be inclusive for individuals that uh, have mobility issues or disabilities. And that's something that she really brings to the forefront for awareness. And she just does an amazing job. But I was supposed to come and welcome them to the community. And then the question was asked, well, do you want to try it? (laughs) (laughs) So they offered to allow me to try uh, scuba diving for the first time. And I thought, hey, it's a great cause. For a lot of people, it can be a little bit scary. You're putting this breather in. You've got a tank strapped to your back. And you're going underwater. And and I will tell you, for me, you had to fight off the unusual feeling of the pressure building up in your mask or if you got a little bit of water in your nose. The first thing you want to do is shoot to the top. And they're like, don't do that. Um, Just stay put. We have to work through these issues, you know, underwater. And so it was very interesting experience. And I will tell you, I got to give a shout out to the scuba company who was a major sponsor of that event as well. There were three different organizations, including Rio Rancho Fire, who sponsored getting three of the kids there certified for scuba diving. So it's pretty cool that three recipients there received full scholarships to get that certification. Now, because I was really kind of enamored with that, I'm not a big fan of swimming. I'm not a big fan of swimming in the ocean, if you'll ask my wife. Mm -hmm. But all of a sudden, after trying this, I'm like, hey... I kind of want to try this in a place where you can go check out some cool stuff. That, you get know, like scenery a, you and get some scenery. And, yeah. Wow. Coral reef, stuff like that. And I do enjoy snorkeling. And that's kind of fun, you know, when it comes to shallow areas. Right. I do not have any desire to swim in an abyss okay. <laughs> okay. where something far bigger than you can swim up from underneath, you know. <laughs> yeah. And you go so deep, you've got to come up slowly so yeah. you don't get sick. Yeah. You know? But I think it'd be a neat thing to do if you could swim in some, you know, cool areas, lagoons and things like that. that. Yeah. So I'm seriously contemplating getting with the scuba company and doing the certification. But they did say that one of the dives you have to do is over at the blue hole. And I think they said you have to dive 60 feet. So that's a little scary for me, but uh, I'm willing to, to at least plug forward and see where that turns out. But I think it would be a lot of fun if you did do it. Yeah. Well, I don't think they'll let you do it until you're ready to do it, correct correct so. exactly exactly so a lot of training there a lot of certification but we appreciate everybody we appreciate cody unser and the first step foundation cody's first org is the uh, website and then uh, the scuba company for going out there and making sure all that equipment was available and ready for use so very exciting there the charter review committee has finished doing what they do and uh, they've decided what's going to go to the voters so What's going to go to the voters? Well, there was a couple of things that the city council finally got the recommended changes to the charter that were put forward by the Charter Review Committee. And as you remember, we went through each of these items, one of which was, should we ask the voters if our municipal judge should be required to have a law degree? Mm -hmm. I mean, now we're officially, which we can talk about this too, We, we haven't really touched on this, but the census numbers are out. But as we did grow over 100,000 population, is it time that whoever runs for municipal judge, should they be a member of the bar? And should, can we compensate them 
yes. for that uh, equally to what they'd make in private practice. Well, and, and that's another question, and that, that's, that's a debatable issue because, once again, the, the charter specifically says no matter what the requirements are, the governing body ultimately sets the salary of the judge. Compensation, so, yeah, so. so that would come before the governing body. So let's say had this gone to the voters and the voters approved it, it wouldn't have taken effect for four years. Okay, because So we'd have time it, to work Yeah, that it out. couldn't affect the existing local judge, mm-hmm. okay, or whoever ran for election in this term and won, okay? Now, a lot of people would assume that's the current judge, but remember, there's an election coming up, March, and whoever right? runs for judge has to win judge, and whoever would win in this time, and there's no guarantees anybody wins an election, right? right. So unless you're running alone or, or unchallenged. Yeah. And so you have to go through the election process first. Then the voters have to approve the charter change. Then it wouldn't apply till the next election, okay, too. And then whoever ran for that election would have to have a law degree, had this question gone to the voters and gotten passed. That right. would have been the sequence of events. And somewhere between that time period of the voters approving it and the governing body looking at it, there would have had to have been a market analysis done saying, okay, what do municipal judges make that have law degrees? Do we pay the current municipal judge, I think, $70,000 a year, I think is what the current rate is. So would you move that to eighty, ninety, a 100000 and in the scope of things, I think the top state Supreme Court judges, I think they're at 150000 yeah. and definitely are required to have a law degree and be in good standing with the bar. So, so if this passed, the voters choose to do this, and we decided we're going to pay the judges for a law degree 50000 a year, you could do that, but I don't think anybody would apply for right. the job. Yeah, you, you'd have to see who would want to run for the job. Yeah. Right, exactly. And and so those are the things. But ultimately, we can talk about all that, but ultimately the governing body decided on a vote of five to one that the voters shouldn't weigh in on this. So they did not send this question to the voters. They pushed it off the ballot and said, no, we're not going to send this question. So what basically was left on for the citizens to decide on is really a couple of administrative questions about changing some language because it just needs to be cleaned up. So these are just real simple things that don't impact policy change at all. But the big one that did survive that will go to the voters is should we take $10 million that we have right now, okay, and should we create a permanent fund with that? So the voters will speak to that item. And as you and I have talked, it's really easy for politicians to just go out and spend $10 million bucks. I mean, you can do it in a blink, right? Mm-hmm. The question is that I want to pose to the voters is should we – I mean, we can just go spend it. That's fine. But should we save this and let it earn us future revenues – and leave something for future generations, or do we spend it now? Now, most people, when they balance their budgets, they put something in savings. They hold it off to the side. Hopefully, we'll grow that money, and it'll provide an alternate income source in the future, as opposed to raising taxes or as opposed to increasing fees and costs. Can we create a new stream of revenue off the interest or the investment income that this might create that would allow us to meet the needs of public safety or our streets departments, you know, fixing streets. Right. My thing would be is, hey, as soon as this starts generating money, let's put it toward road repairs 
Okay, because we've I think we've done a really good job of fortifying the public safety aspect through the public safety bond, which will be on the ballot again this year. But in this particular case, we have $10 million. So here's a rarity, Derek. Before we just go out and decide where we're going to spend $10 million, I want to ask the voters. You want to just spend it or do you want to put it into a savings account for future generations and create a stream of revenue that we could dedicate to road repairs that we've never had before? That would be my preference. Now, that's going to be up to the voters. And I believe that when you're dealing with a sum of money of $10 million, it's prudent to ask the voters what their opinion is. This will be one question is, should we create a permanent fund out of it? And then in the future, if an elected official wants to just spend this money, they're going to have to go get voter approval to do it. So this really puts this money in the lockbox of the voter. A future person could spend the interest, but not the principal. Correct. And only half the interest, half the earnings, because by charter in this question, 50% of any and all earnings would go back to principal investment. To grow the principal and then get more interest. To grow it, yes, and get more interest. So hopefully 10 years from now, this fund won't be $10 million anymore. It'll be 15 to $20 million, Right. Okay. Depending on and as it rates, starts so. to compound and grow, and it'll also grow a bigger and bigger, bigger stream of revenue. Once again, staving off the necessity to do tax increases in the future. Or borrow money for or things borrow. where you have to pay interest. Exactly. <laughs> and reduce our dependence on debt. Right. Absolutely. So those are the things you really want to look at right there is I feel it's important to ask the voters. This is their money. It's their money, Derek. So let's ask them and see if they want to go this direction or if you want to go another direction. Now, if we create this stream of revenue, one of the things that I talked about in 2013 when I ran for office, we did not have a dedicated stream of revenue for road repairs. This is something that I've worked for for years and years and years. Now there's an opportunity to actually do it. Will the voters say, yeah, let's go down this path? Because think about it. If we had a stream of revenue to do just the regular scheduled maintenance on some of our roads, they would last longer. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't slurry coat them the way we're supposed to because we don't have the money. We don't do the microsurfacing that we're supposed to because we don't have the money. When I took office when I in 2013, one of the things that I said is we don't have a dedicated stream of revenue that's just to maintain the roads that we currently have in place. This is that opportunity, in my opinion, so that the money that it would generate through the generations would grow and grow and grow. If somebody had thought to invest $10 million 20 years ago, we would have this stream of revenue today. And I don't believe we'd be struggling the way we are right now, especially. Can you imagine if we had had this money smartly invested back in, if we started it back in 2008 when everything collapsed, mm-hmm. okay? But now, over the last four years, where the stock market has just gone nuts, okay? We would be growing our money hand over fist right now, but we don't have that in place. So I'd like to put that in place. There will be very conservative policy guidelines that dictate how that money is invested. So it's not just roll it out into the stock market. It's not just throw it out on a whim and hope that it comes back with a return. Is that under governmental policies and principles, the money has to be very carefully invested, very carefully managed, because, once again, it's the taxpayers' money. So we want to be very cautious there. But that's an item that's going to go to the voters, and really the other items that are on there are going to be more administrative, and people, I think, are going to walk up and go, I don't really know what that means, yes or no, and and we'll see if they vote yes or vote no. But it's just minuscule changes about wording on stuff, like, 
one of the things that will go to the voters will be giving the mayor, whoever the mayor is in the future, a little bit more time by charter to fill board and commission seats. Because right now, the board and commission seats have to be filled within 30 days. Well, if we don't get anybody that applies for them, how do you meet that deadline? Yeah, you violate the rule, yeah. You violate the rule just by not meeting the deadline. But if nobody applied, what do you do? Yeah. So the fact of the matter is, is there's some basic little flexibilities that they're asking the voters to put in the charter to give a little bit more flexibility to make sure that we're advertising those boards and commissions out to the public more effectively so that we get more applications on individuals that might want to serve on those. Right. Okay. And then about three and a half hours from now, you and I are going to be over at Haynes Park doing two completely different things, but That's we'll right. be there. KDSK will be broadcasting from Sunday is Funday right at Haynes Park, and I will be over at the kickball tournament trying to win back that mayor's trophy. Yes, get I don't back think from I'm going to do it. Car crafters? Yeah, yeah, car crafters, yeah. They're a tough team, man. They know how to play kickball. Don't you have some help this year? I do. I have the runners, so my team's a little bit weighted, but then... A team, one of the teams playing against us also is the uh, Duke City Gladiators. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they've entered a team, so it's going to be a rough competition. I might be eliminated early, but yeah. I don't know. I've got a lot of hope in my New Mexico runners. They do a great job. They're a fantastic team. That's a local. So wait a minute, uh, we're going to get soccer. to see the runners play against the Gladiators. Possible? It's possible. The two teams, if they if they up- if they make it up the bracket. Yeah. Yep. They have to make it up the well, bracket. that'd be worth coming out to see just by itself. It would. Just yeah. come out and see the runners play the gladiators. Absolutely. Be fantastic. But a lot of things going on this morning with Sunday is Fun Day. Coming up at 12 noon today, I want to remind you, if you're headed out there, give yourself a little bit of time to find parking because we did not get to use the Intel parking lot this year, so don't go over there. So where should I go? Well, there's different parking lots kind of scattered throughout the area. So do I go down Grande? or Yeah, go down Grande, and you're going to find some open parking lots in there that we've uh, worked out deals with the individuals, and we'll kind of go from there. There'll be be shuttles. Yeah, there's some signage around, and we'll be running some shuttle buses to pick people up to get them to the park. Okay. And so that's a little different this year. Other than that, I understand Dave has uh, all the vendors he can handle. He does. And we've spread them out a little bit to make it a little safer. We didn't compact everybody in as tight as we have in years gone by because we want everybody to feel safe and we want to make sure uh, everybody has a great time uh, and uh, get in, get out, have a good time. I do want to remind everybody, don't forget the swimming pool is open. So if you want to cool off, because it's supposed to get up to like 90 degrees today, right? Sunny and 90. Sunny and 90. You have a Chamber of Commerce day today at Haynes Park. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's going to be food out there. There's going to be water, but carry a water bottle with you. And then we've got the community center open for raffle items. So you can go over there, cool off in the community center as well. So this in along with the swimming pool. And we love Haynes Park because there's lots of shade there too. And got all the playground equipment. And don't forget there's the New Mexico Road Runners. Now, not the New Mexico Runners, but the Road Runners who is a wheelchair basketball team, they're going to be having a competition with public safety out there. So, yeah. That's uh, a basketball. Kip Kip Watson does basketball wheelchair competitions, and he actually has, uh, he holds the world record, I think, for the most free throws hit from a wheelchair. So he loves to play basketball. He's going to be out there on the basketball courts doing the challenge with the public safety individuals. So it's going to be fantastic. And then I understand, as always, we'll have some musical entertainment on the stage. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
So we've got the musical entertainment, and then, of course, we're going to have KDSK broadcasting. Yes. So we've got that musical we'll entertainment, there. Yeah, that's true. And then we'll have, the uh, Dave said, the climbing wall is going to be there. Climbing so wall. Fun. The, the uh, uh, National Guard sets that up. The mechanical bull. Yeah. Yeah. So so this is a family event. You should bring the kids to this event. You should. Because they're Absolutely. free. Absolutely. Bring mm-hmm. the kids. Anybody under 12 is free admission. And for individuals 13 and up, you've got to pay a dollar. So, okay. And what do you do with the dollar? Well, the dollar goes into children's programs throughout the community through the Kiwanis organization, who is the main organizer of this event, along with Civitan and some of the Boy Scout groups and some other individuals that really put their heart and soul into making this event work, is that the money, the dollars that are collected uh, go to buying backpacks and clothes for kids in need that are trying to get back to school. And that is noon to four today. And so we'll uh, let you get out and get to church and get to Sunday is fun day. And anything else we have to tell our listeners before you go? Yeah. So just real quick, I do want to remind everybody to keep the four injured APD officers in their thoughts and prayers that were injured in this armed robbery that happened this past week. So it's real important that we stand as a community for our police officers. While we're out having fun today, Sunday's fun day, we do want to make sure that we're always remembering our first responders and the extremely dangerous job that they do to protect us each and every day. And we are grateful for the service of the men and women in uniform that protect us every day. These injured officers that were wounded, we want to make sure we keep them, their families, APD, and all law enforcement in our thoughts and prayers. But with that, we're going to get out, and we'll see you at noon at Haynes Park today for this year's, the 16th annual Sunday is Fun Day. So get out there, make it a great day, and God bless.